0: Hi, and welcome to Strangers on the Internet, a podcast about making online dating work for you. My name is Irene Manta, and I am a professor at the Maurice A. Dean School of Law at Hofstra University.
1: And I'm Michelle Lang, a senior lecturer in psychology at Christopher Newport University in Virginia and a clinical psychologist in private practice. All views expressed in this podcast are our own and not our employers'.
0: Last time, we spoke about choosing a dating app and setting up one's profile. Today, we'll talk about the do's and don'ts of those initial chats. So let's say you set up your profile, did some swiping, and have a few matches lined up. What happens next? In heterosexual situations, and unless the app forces women to make the first step, I would advise women to wait and see if the guy initiates a conversation. Am I somehow old-fashioned? Nope. I just want to see the man put in emotional labor first, including because it reduces the odds that he will flake later.
1: Yes, not all men, but it is true that men are, on average, less socially conditioned to put in emotional labor, and yet both partners having the ability to do so is essential to any healthy relationship. The emotional labor of starting a conversation thoughtfully is such a small ask, and yet Watch and be astounded at how many daters throw their first red flag this early on in the game.
0: Run from people who begin a conversation with a sexual comment or request.
1: They're being super clear. They're primarily interested in one thing. And why should you be interested in that with them just because they're there and willing? Even if all you want on the apps is sex, be more discriminating. You can definitely find that there in abundance. You don't need to settle for the first person who throws that kind of comment your way.
0: And not only that, but this can also be about the power dynamic it seeks to establish. Interestingly, Carrie Quinn wrote an article for Thrillist about how she received nearly universally positive responses when she sent 40 men a picture of what she claimed was her vagina. When we look at empirical studies of dick pics, however... I knew there was going to be a button there. It is clear that a good number of men send pictures of their genitals even when they know it will not increase sexual interest. Instead, they're using it as a tool to induce fear, shock, or disgust. Sending unsolicited dick pics is rude, demeaning, and indeed sometimes downright scary. Don't settle for it if you receive one. And also, don't do this yourself. It can even get you kicked off uh, that dating app where you did this, as it well should.
1: Yep, if potential daters are showing either a lack of awareness about how they're coming across this early on, or worse, that they don't care, there's no need to proceed. Throw them back and recast your line. To be honest, even though it's not nearly as offensive, I'd also say it's fair to feel uninspired by someone who just initiates with a hi or a hey. That's a cop-out conversation starter, a lazy way to get into someone's messages without actually making any effort to have a conversation. If they aren't willing to put in slightly more than minimal effort to catch your interest, why bother?
0: And the same is true for any canned lines uh, that people reuse with every single person. Now, whether male or female, how should you open a conversation with someone? The easiest way is immediately to include a question related to a specific item the other person mentions in their profile. Don't just say hi or make a closed-ended statement that forces your match to be creative. This is also true for the rest of the conversation that follows. Every answer you give should be accompanied by another question. I've especially heard female daters complain about men not asking them any questions.
1: Exactly. To me, this doesn't sound like rocket science, but there are some people out there who absolutely need to hear this advice and to hear that it actually matters a lot to the person on the other end of the interaction. I've had this happen and have had to point out to someone I was chatting with that they hadn't asked anything about me in an extended conversation. I found it really weird. Like, why are you seeking someone to soliloquize about yourself to? Although... In retrospect, because I did need to think on this one, I also realized it could come from a place of nervousness and reverting to talking about something that you're already familiar with yourself to ease that discomfort. Or it could also happen because the person is treating this conversation like a job interview and are so focused on trying to make a case for why they are the best candidate that they're losing sight of the importance of it. You aren't the best candidate for every job. And similarly, you aren't the best candidate for every potential pairing, just due to fit. So focus on determining your potential compatibility first. So what kind of first question could you ask? It could be something simple, like how are you doing tonight or how's your week going?
0: Or you could level up and ask something based on info from their profile. This shows you have actually taken the time to read the profile and find something about them interesting. You could ask about a hobby or a travel destination pictured in one of the person's photos, for example.
1: I love this about Hinge. Full disclosure, Hinge came about after I was already partnered up, but I have gone through profiles together with a friend who uses it. Yes, we do that sometimes. Anyway, to my understanding, to start a conversation on Hinge, there's not an independent message function to start things off. You have to pick something from the person's profile to comment on or to ask a question about. And you already know, we're gonna tell you not to just comment, but to ask a question.
0: I met my now husband on Bumble. So since Bumble only allows women to initiate conversations, I had to make the first move. He mentioned being from Brazil, and I asked which city, mentioning that I had been to Rio de Janeiro for research. At one point later in the conversation, my now husband actually sent me a numbered four bullet point list of questions in a single message to which I replied with a four bullet point list of answers. He later told me that he loved that because it showed that I was taking our interaction seriously. Keep in mind that people don't have much to go on in these early conversations, so they're trying to glean all they can based on fairly little information.
1: And this is also a reminder that while there are some pretty clear do's and don'ts, as we've been discussing, beyond that, different things work for different people. I would have found a bulleted list too formal, not to the point of, I don't want to talk to this person anymore, but it would have made me feel like we were playing conversational chess rather than seeing where the conversation naturally takes us. But you liked it. And that goes back to the point we were discussing earlier about not everyone's the best candidate for every job, or in this case, for every dater. Beyond the basic do's, like showing respect for and interest in the person you're talking to, and the basic major don'ts, like not those things, be yourself and you will attract like-minded people and weed out those who aren't.
0: What about complimenting someone as a first message, Michelle? I would say it's okay to pay
1: someone a compliment in the first message, but I would advise against commenting on the person's looks. There are multiple reasons for this, but one of them is that it's just boring. Also, many people don't like feeling like your focus is on superficial attributes. You can assume the person knows you find them attractive. You probably wouldn't have right-swiped them otherwise. Besides, what are they supposed to say to that other than thank you? Give them something more to work with.
0: Instead, if you're going to go this route, try a sincere compliment on how something from their profile struck you. Maybe something like, I love that you know how to dance salsa. Maybe coupled with a question like, is it difficult to learn? Once a conversation is going, try to respond regularly, or at least let the other person know if things in your life prevent you from doing so. People understand that individuals need to juggle jobs, families, and friends, but long silences will often be interpreted as lack of interest. Most people have at least a few minutes every morning and every evening to reply, at a bare minimum.
1: I've talked to lots of friends and clients about this, and there does not seem to be a consensus about at what point someone is taking too long to respond. This is very individualized. But like you said, Irina, if you can't be bothered to check your messages and reply at least once or twice a day, you are communicating either not enough interest or that you are too busy and dating is not particularly high on your priority list.
0: While I don't think you need to sit there with a stopwatch, I would recommend, especially to women in heterosexual interactions, matching the rhythm of the other person to some extent when replying, it doesn't feel good to reply after five minutes to have the other person take five hours. And it can be the beginning of setting up uncomfortable power dynamics where a quick replier may be sending the signal of, you can treat me with relative disinterest and I will still pursue you.
1: That's really thoughtful, matching their rate of response. It's important to understand, too, that for some people, replying quickly is not feasible. So you don't automatically need to take it as a sign of disinterest. For example, in my work as a therapist, I'm back to back with clients for hours. I don't have time and I'm not in the right headspace between sessions to send flirty messages. Other people work in places where cell signals are bad or where they can't have regular access to their phones during work. Yes, that sounds like a made up excuse, but in some jobs, it really is true. I've always addressed this early on by letting the person I'm talking to know this from the offset. I would also say that some people are just not that into being on their phones all the time. So accept that there is going to be some personal differences here. Just like you like coffee and I'm not a fan, but love chai tea. Have some tolerance for others not having the exact same relationship with their phone or with the apps as you do with yours if they still seem interested and engaged, even if it takes them longer to respond than would be your preference, this probably isn't your hill to die on.
0: I think male heterosexual daters also need to understand that because straight women deal with a lot of flakiness and interest in purely sexual interactions on the part of men, the level of texting of men will be judged as a metric for how serious they are about their date. So for a lot of straight men, making a concerted effort to reply as quickly as possible can be beneficial. Meanwhile, what if you decide you're not interested in the other individual while they seem to want to continue conversing? Unless the other person has presented as rude or frightening, I would do them the courtesy of officially telling them goodbye rather than just disappearing on them, also known as ghosting them. You can say something like, I've enjoyed getting to know you, but I don't think we're the right fit. Wishing you all the best. Oh my gosh,
1: please do this rather than ghost. Ghosting is just so offensive and immature. Someone has given you some of their time and expressed interest in you. These are real people with feelings. Don't be a jerk. It takes less than one minute to say, I don't feel the spark I'm looking for here, but wishing you the best. I imagine the reason many people ghost is because they find it uncomfortable to let someone down rather than they, rather than that they can't be bothered. Which that is what some writers on this topic, such as Esther Perel, posit. But regardless, A, it still comes across as selfish and makes the other person feel demeaned. And why would you want to do that to another person? And B, it's a good skill to hone, being able to deliver unwanted but necessary information. Everyone should want to become confident in that arena. It will help you not only in dating, but also in other areas of
0: life. If the other individual responds badly to a kind but firm statement saying goodbye, you can unmatch them and, if need be, report them to the app.
1: There's a whole flip side to this, too, where people report someone unwarranted. Like, you rejected me perfectly nicely, but I didn't like it, so I'll report you. Tinder, in particular, has caught a lot of well-deserved heat for removing people from the app without an explanation as to why, other than they've been reported don't use the report function to abuse or punish someone. Again, that is gross and immature behavior. But if someone said something threatening, harassing, or abusive once you told them you're not interested, go ahead and report that and save their next potential match the disgust. (music) Irina, Which of the don'ts we've talked about today have you encountered and how did you handle it?
0: I mean, which ones haven't I encountered? Uh, I think most people have run into the problem of talking to people who are not good at asking questions. The ghosting is certainly common. And I've seen that at every possible stage, whether it's after a couple of words exchanged or much later on after any number of dates. Uh, I I think that has become incredibly common behavior. And some of that is the, the anonymity of the apps and people thinking that they can get away with any kind of behavior. Here's the thing, though. First of all, that may or may not be true. At some point, you might run into this person again or into a work colleague that knows them. So even for selfish reasons, this is not a good idea. But even so, do you really want to look at yourself in the mirror and and know that you have become this heartless, uncaring person that's not even willing to do the bare, bare minimum to not make someone feel worse than is necessary. What about you, Michelle? What have you seen in this area?
1: Well, first of all, I think that's just a really great point you make about, well, both of them. One, be able to look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and feel good about the kind of person you are. I know, I remember when the apps first came out, uh, like particularly as apps, not as websites. And I had heard about Tinder and I'm like, so you're telling me You swipe through pictures of people like a deck of cards. I can appreciate how that can lead to a cynical mindset about like it's a meat market, but it really does not have to be. And so... I think don't fall victim to that, even though that might be how the system's set up. Yeah, you've got to be able to look at yourself and feel good about yourself and how you've treated people at the end of the day. And then also, I just think it's funny what you said about, um, hey, you might run into these people unexpectedly at some later point in time where how they treated you might come back to bite them in the butt. So I do think, sure, if, if just being a decent person for decency's sake isn't not what isn't what's going to get you there yeah remember that you might run into these people later i always personally liked that about facebook dating because i liked that it could show if we had friends in common and it just even if we didn't the fact that you're not some totally anonymous person you are on facebook you have friends um it just makes me feel like there's more of a level of accountability there i always liked that but i would say um the biggest uh don't that i have encountered luckily is is one of the less offensive ones, which is just the starting conversations with a hi or a hey, um, or the one I mentioned where the guy just never asked me any questions about myself the entire time we were chatting. And if it's just once there in the beginning, that's probably not gonna be enough for me to not bother answering them if I can find something else interesting in their profile. But If they don't have a lot to go on in their profile that they have put out there and they just start with a high and a hey, I just, there's nothing for me to go off of there. I'm not gonna be interested.
0: Yeah, you know, this actually reminds me of what we were telling people about the profiles that say, if you wanna know something, just ask, well, it's not their job. It is not their job to ask. You have to, I mean, if we want to come back to market metaphors, it is your job a little bit to sell yourself. You might be a really nice, lovely person on the inside. You might in fact be very interesting, but if you don't advertise that, if you don't make that clear, how is the other person supposed to know? And I also appreciated what you said about the the deck of cards. for For a number of people, Apps like Tinder really are more of a hot or not kind of game, right? Some yeah. people never even want to go on any uh, on any date. Some people, in fact, are in relationships and they're using this as a self esteem boost. Sometimes even with their partners knowing about it. Sometimes the partners are like, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever." Uh, but know, it's it, it, it's it's not right. It's not very nice. Uh, there are people on the other end of this who are really trying uh who are really trying to find somebody and and for you to treat it like a game when for a lot of people it's really not a game that that's just wrong yeah totally agree now something else that we hadn't talked about is at what point do you take the conversation off the app and move it to a different platform
1: So I think that's a good question. I'll be curious your answer as well. So my answer would be, and I I think that it's true for many women, that we are concerned about safety. Now, the steps we take and the things that we feel are necessary to make us feel safe could really vary. But I can tell you, for me, I prefer to keep conversations on the app until after I have met with the person for the first time. And that's because I feel like I am going to want to meet with somebody pretty early on. I'm not one for talking on the app for an extended amount of time before meeting in person. I believe that you really get a real sense of your chemistry meeting in person. And so I'm only likely to want to talk on the app for, I don't know, like a week or so, something like that before meeting in person. But if it does not work out, and especially if I get some kind of weird vibes off of you, I don't want you to have a way to contact me otherwise. (laughs) And so, so for me, that would be my preference. And I know the app's are really allow for that like for example on one of the apps i remember i had a video conversation with somebody through the app before we met in real life and and so i really liked that and i would also advise anyone who decides to take the conversation off the apps to get a google voice number that i just think is so important because they're at least right now at the time we're recording this google voice numbers are free and and it's just a number that is not to the public or to anyone you give it to associated with your actual phone number, but you can set it up so that any texts you get through your Google voice number or messages you get through your Google voice number come through on your actual phone. It's just the only benefit of it is then the person or people you are chatting with do not have a way to contact you outside of your Google voice number. And I, I am one who learned this lesson the hard way, actually. I had Mm. been chatting with a guy and decided he was a little uh, aggressive and over the top, even just in chatting. And that I didn't want to talk to him anymore. And I let him know that nicely. Um, But he kept, and I had given him my phone number. So he kept texting me and I asked him, please not to. And then he just, I blocked the number after that. But then he texted me from another number and then from another number and then from another number. And he said, you know, you must be new to this. You didn't realize that now that I have your number, I can text you from as many numbers as I have. And I finally had to threaten him with going to the police to make him stop. I also changed my number actually after that um, to to make it stop. And so I, I definitely learned that one firsthand is I don't wanna ever have to go to that trouble again of changing my phone number that everyone I know and want to contact me has. Um, and so I exclusively stayed on the apps and or used a Google Voice number after that. and that is uh, for safety reasons.
0: Those are all really good points. And I'm sorry you dealt with that, and another friend of ours just recently had the same experience of somebody trying to harass her from different numbers. and to be clear, it's bad enough when somebody does that to you on a Google Voice number, but not quite as bad as when it's your, your regular phone number. And there are going to be times when Google Voice or not, you're going to have, unfortunately, you're going to have to escalate this for your own safety because that kind of harassment is just not acceptable. One disadvantage of staying on the apps, we should tell people is it can become more difficult to to do sleuthing on the other person. So if you want to look them up, If you want to look up what their identity is, sometimes you can do that with their cell phone number. Uh, And so sometimes, you know, you might be able to find out their last name, et cetera. And this is something we're going to be talking about more uh, in the future as we talk about first dates and what you should be careful with. But I will say here already, I think it is completely acceptable for uh, a woman to say, No, I want to know your last name before we meet up. Um, I'm maybe even going to go a step further. I think it would be okay for a woman to say, I want your last name and I'm not going to give you mine. Because at the end of the day, the risk of violence is not equal. Uh, the risk, you'll hear stories like, Well, what if this woman starts stalking me? Yes, there are stories like that. It's completely inappropriate. Harassment is not okay no matter who does it. But when we look at the relative risks to, to people, it, they're not equal across men and women. And I think that more enlightened men accept that and are not going to, to kind of act up uh, about a request like that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really important for our male listeners and maybe even particularly male listeners and who are interested in heterosexual dating is to understand that, to understand that it's not personal directed at you. It's not a point of, to be offended by that a woman might want to do these things and so showing her that you understand that she needs to trust her instincts about what are right what's right for her safety definitely don't take that personally and she will appreciate that you respect her limits there um something i did do before i was willing to switch off the apps and i don't know i have an iphone and so i don't know how this works for uh like android users or any other kind of phone but i know with iPhones if you are texting with somebody else with an iPhone it shows up in blue whereas if you're texting with somebody who doesn't have an iPhone including somebody who has a google voice number even if they do have an iPhone it will show up in green and for me just i would tell people i am willing to go off the app with you if if i felt comfortable, I would say I'm willing to do that if you are an iPhone user, because I am and that will tell me I have your real phone number. And that to me gave me that sense of you are not anonymous. And so that also helped me. And I don't know if it works the same way if there's color coding for Android users, but for iPhone users, that was something that helped me feel safe. And I I said that to several men who I went on dates with, and they were understanding of it when I explained
0: You know, it's funny, there are entire articles written about uh, people who are unwilling to date individuals who do not have an iPhone, Mm. though it is mostly about the coolness factor, right? (laughs) And having that, I'm serious, and having that, that greed, you know, text show up is, uh, you know, but I actually did something similar to what you're Describing, (laughs) but in my case, it didn't start off as a safety thing. The way it started off is, I am on this super old AT and T plan where you're not going to believe this. I actually get charged for tax that I write to people that don't have an iPhone. My, it's a great plan in all these other ways, and so I don't want to give it up because it's got unlimited data and all this other stuff, and because of that. I I created originally a Google voice number that I would ask people, do you have an iPhone or not? And then if they didn't, I would give them my Google voice phone number. But uh, I I think you're making, uh, you know, I think you're making very valid points. And I think this is just something where people have to be, have to be understanding of the, you know, of the safety, of the safety concerns involved. So do you have any other advice for our listeners as far as, what if you're a little bit shy, right? Like, how, how can you kind of get yourself to, to start a conversation? And here, I think it can be more difficult, perhaps, for some straight men who are still expected by society sometimes to uh, be the person that's going to do a certain type of pursuing, etc. cetera. How can that person really put their best foot forward, again, while always being honest, because we're always promoting honesty here, but how can they kind of start and and keep a good conversation going?
1: Well, I think I'm still just going to, what comes to mind is just reinforcing what we said about actually reading the person's profile as a woman. I definitely, well, I don't know as me, I don't know if it's as a woman, but I would imagine to some extent, I appreciate when somebody would start a conversation or just keep a conversation going by asking about things in my profile, whether it was pictures or profile text I just feel like that at least shows that they were reading it, not just swiping through my pictures. And to me, that meant a lot. And I, I know I started off saying as a woman, because I do feel like a lot of women get that, where I... And other women have been chatting with a man who will then come forward and make a comment that runs totally counter to something I might've put on my profile, indicating that it was a dislike of mine. And he's saying, this is a thing I do. And I'll be like, Oh, well, you know, I said, that's not somebody I'm interested in dating. And he'd say, Oh, I didn't realize that because he hadn't read my profile. So I would say anyone who asks questions that clearly show that they have thoughtfully read your profile and are genuinely interested in getting to know something about you that you also thought was important enough to put out there. I just don't feel like you can go wrong with that. I don't know. Do you have anything else to
0: add? Well, I think you're totally right. And again, I'm going to take this a step further. Even if you read the person's profile, you should read it again before you message them. Some of the biggest questions where this comes up is somebody asking the other person, where are you from? when that was clearly delineated? Or what part of town or the area do you live in? And there was a clear answer to that. And you come across as somebody who is not serious, not going to be willing to do any work whatsoever. And, and that that's going to translate into bad things in the relationship, whether that's true or not, but that's how you're coming across. And so it's worth putting in the effort. And people do get exhausted. This is work. It is work to look at these profiles and to come up with good questions. But if you're so jaded that you can't even do that, that's okay. Just take a break from dating. And, and this is something I really want to emphasize here. And we've mentioned before the importance of being in the right headspace from the very start of this uh, of this podcast. You cannot use the fact that other People have treated you badly to treat others badly. Now, if you've had bad experiences, for example, when it comes to things like safety, it is completely rational to take safety measures in the future. That is a different issue. And I want to draw a clear separation here. But you don't get to be rude. You don't get to be nasty to other people just because, and this is true for men or women or non-binary people or anyone else out there, that you do not get to be uh, an awful human being just because others were awful to you. And and that can be really hard because it can feel like, but things are so unfair. I've been treated so badly. And yet, yeah, but the person on the other end might have also been treated badly. And so it just becomes this kind of pinball game of, of bad feelings and mutual flakiness and things like that instead of creating the environment where a relationship can thrive.
1: You know, that's absolutely a great point. And thinking on that idea of headspace as well, it makes me think back to your question of what if I'm struggling to have a conversation? Well, you know, we've given you some good tips and ideas in this podcast, but I think it's also a possibility if you're really struggling, maybe it's because your heart's not fully in it. And, and so it is okay to take some time away from the apps. If you need to, if you can't figure out how to show enough interest in somebody to carry on a conversation, then you know, take some time to regroup. Come back when you're more interested. That could also be a possibility. To review what we covered today, ask questions drawn from someone's profile text when first chatting with them rather than having a boring opener. Don't focus your comments on physical appearance or sexual content. Respond to messages at least once a day, but also be willing to be tolerant if someone has a longer response time than your own, so long as they are still clearly showing interest. Don't ghost people. It takes very little effort to let someone know you appreciated the chance to get to know them, but aren't interested in proceeding.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it five stars so that others have a chance to listen to it as well. And make sure to subscribe so that you can get our future episodes. You can become a part of our community by joining the Strangers on the Internet Facebook group or following us at Swipe Strangers on Twitter or on Instagram. I would like to thank my husband and sound engineer Carlos Farini as well as Vlad Kujujuklu for permission to use his music for this podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye.